Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax, you have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us, holding to pure grace. Again, relax, join in with us. Listen on, be blessed. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name's Bill, and I'm sitting across the table from you-know-who, Grace Gardog Steve. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm glad that you're here. You're more important. Yes. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> yes, sir. What'd you think about last week's podcast? Well, I got a lot of review on it, and yeah. stuck another knife in the free will, I think. I think a we spear. did, too. I think we thrust that dart through I, I think so just going through the futility that Paul went through and seeing just how willing he was and how his will was to do the right thing it was to hit the mark but he kept hamartine he kept missing the mark which is the, the, the word that we might look into today Bill if you want we might look into isn't that, that the first definition of sin? Yes, sin. Harmartia, the Greek word for sin, the first definition is missing the mark. It's an archer's term, and it's used for archers when they shoot their bows and arrows at the target and they miss the mark, they sin. Oh, I sinned. I didn't hit the bullseye. Well, shoot again and see if this time you, you you don't sin. Okay. Oh, I hit the bullseye. I didn't sin. Great, great. That's what sin, that's the definition and how the word is used. It's and the mis- law was actually, all the righteous requirements of the law, if you think about it, were the target that you're aiming at. Yes. And how did Paul do on hitting the mark in his human Human. strength he completely and utterly failed and lived a life of futility would you like to know how many times he missed the mark yes you you mean in romans just in romans just Just in romans where he comes up to the wretched man that i am who will just do like six and seven okay we probably have a few redneck greek word studies because I think you couldn't produce any of them. Just in 7 and into 8 before we get to the New Covenant. Okay. 29. 29 times in chapters 6, 7, and 8. Yes. Yes. 29 times he tried to hit the mark in his own strength. And 29 times he missed the mark in his own strength strength. Yes, he he sinned. He missed the mark over and over and over and over again. Even that's how much they're talking about missing the mark in in chapter 6, 7, and 8. It's all about missing the mark and why we missed the mark. We missed the mark because Mr. Missed the Mark is dominating us and enslaving us. Actually, per sonify sin as a taskmaster 
that enslaves you and takes you prisoner and overpowers you and make you do what you do not will to do, well, he would be Mr. Miss the Mark in that case, when it's used as a noun, a noun that overpowers your, what we always thought was free will, and we know that it's very much not free at all. You know what's a more telling number than the 29 misses? It's how many times in his human effort he hit the mark. You want to know that number? Oh, I already do. Zero. (laughs) The big O. Zero. Not one single time. Poyeo. Not a single time. He said not a single time, which also means what? Zero times I hit the mark. But he parazoed missing the mark all the time. He was one, he was 29 for 29 on missing the mark. On missing the mark. He, he parazoed that. Me, parazo meant that he habitually did what he did not will to do. He habitually practiced the very harmartia, the very sin that he did not want to practice. He did it and he didn't understand why until he realized the secret that sin controls our human nature and dominates us and our will is totally willing to do it. He said, the willing is in me, but the doing of good is not. He totally willed to do the right thing, just like you and I totally will to do. There's nobody that I've ever met that says I go to church to up my sin game. Yeah, up my sin game. Everybody that goes to church is trying to down their sin game. Paul just explains how to do it when he cries out, Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? We're actually going to look at that in a little while. Just think of that. Oh, for 29, that's one guy in a short chapter or two of of summary of his struggle. Now, if you think of all Israel under the law for all those thousand plus years, that's oh for billion, billion, billion times. Yeah. Why would we think we're the guy that's going to hit the mark? Yeah. After they missed it for 29 billion times Israel missed the mark for 2,000 years they hamartia they missed the mark as much as they tried to do our next Greek word they, they were trying to do our next Greek word but they could not do it I think we're going to do a, a redneck Greek Bible study we we're coming def- up on one anyway it's definitely going to be a redneck Greek word study because I can't pronounce any the, of them. The word, yeah. So yeah. He gets to a point in Romans 7 when he misses the mark 29 times and he cries out, Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Who will hit the mark for me? Is what he's saying. And he gives the answer. Thanks be to God through Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. And why? Uh, what you never know how good an answer that is unless you're 
0 for 29. Yes. At trying to hit the mark. Yes. And we're going to find out why him hitting the mark for us is so important. An interesting thing, I just discovered, I don't know if it means anything, but you thought it did. I, we thought it was cool. I'll just share it. Where it says, who shall rescue me? It's that Greek word, ruhamai. Ruhamai. And it means to deliver or rescue. When you go to the Old Testament, you start looking in Genesis, God ruhamais. If you're looking in a Greek Septuagint. Yep. Rescues, 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 rescues all through Genesis. Then you get into Exodus, you get a few more. Rescues, 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 rudamai, rudamai, rudamai. You know where it stops? Exodus 19. Right after the law had been given. Then 20, the the law law comes, and you don't see that word rudamai. Until? You see it in Joshua. And what is the name of Joshua? Savior. Yeshua. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Who will rescue me from this body. And then you don't really see it in the Old Testament at all, just here and there. But you never see it as God until you get to Romans 7, where Paul finally says the whole conclusion of all Israel's history under the law is wretched man that I am who will rescue me from this body of death. Rudamai, this the very word that was used in Genesis. It was used in Exodus. Exodus. Rudamai, Rudamai, Rudamai. It's the word that was used when Israel was trapped against the Red Sea. The Egyptians were on their... It says that God... Ruhamai, if you look in a Septuagint. Yeah. God destroyed the the Egyptians and rescued, delivered Israel, and the whole see, nation. You see that Ruhamai word all over until they received the law, and then you, you stop seeing that word. Then you do not see it until you get to... Romans seven twenty four, where Paul is saying, "Who will rudamai?" It, it's not there. It ruhamai, ruhamai, ruhamai. It's not there. There's no rescuing going on under the law. The idea of rescuing is not happening under the Mosaic law. You know, we've talked about it before. The rich young ruler asks Jesus what good things he must do to get eternal life. I always thought, well, why doesn't Jesus just tell him, I'm going to do it? But he doesn't. He, he says, well, you know the law. You know thou shalt not covet. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And he walked away sad. And that's exactly Paul's struggle. I can't give everything away <laughs> to the poor. Who, who will rule my me? I can't get rid of this. And But the, the rich young ruler said, what good things must I do? And I think that's that word, agathos. The definition of agathos is 
beautiful is one of them, and it's also valuable. But the definition of evil is kakos, and there's another word, uh, paneros. And paneros is laborious toil, getting nowhere. Futility. Toil, futility. Thorns and thistles. Thorns and thistles. And kakos is the adjective in it for evil, and it means worthless. So you have valuable, which is the good. Good. Which the law could never bring about. Anything of value, and it brings out kakos and paneros. Worthless futility. Yes. Isn't worthless futility, doesn't that line up with all the parables? It, doesn't that line up with Paul's teaching on wood, wood, hay, and stubble? That's worthless futility. Exactly. exactly. And silver, gold, and costly stone. Yes. It's, it's a profound way to define good and evil. That's for sure. It opens your eyes to a lot. Worthless and valuable. Evil is futility and worthless. Good is valuable and beautiful. Yeah. Nothing valuable and nothing good is produced by the flesh or just the human effort. That's exactly what Paul said. I don't do good that is in my human nature. The willing to do good is there, but the doing of good, good, beautiful, valuable stuff is not there. Just the Ponderos and Caicos is there. Just the worthless futility is all Paul can produce. Try as he may. And Paul says the law is good, beautiful, valuable, but it can't be done by the human nature, by human effort, by the flesh. No, Laylee points points that out to me every day. That's the Laylee doctrine. (laughs) I I produce futility and... and Worthless. Yeah, yeah, not of very much value. But the effort's there. The effort, I just... That's the confusion. Dogged effort. Dogged effort. At least try. Oh, I do. I do till I'm just blue in the face do I try and it just doesn't work. I need somebody to intercede for me. So we talked about who shall rescue me from this body of death. And Yeah, we need somebody to intercede for us. And we were going where were we going? Well, they they, they, we were talking about interceding. I think a hen is being dropped. <laughs> <laughs> interceding. Oh! Who will rescue, rescue me? We need the person that intercedes. Yes, yes. Well, the answer's given. Mm-hmm. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. He's the one that rescued us from this Futility of sin, missing the mark every time. Because he lives to 
He always lives because he lives forever in Hebrews, mm-hmm. as opposed to the Levitical priests. He always lives to intercede for us. Now, Bill, just off the top of my head, what might that word be and what might be the meaning of that word? Well, it's got a lot of meanings that really don't belong to it. But what it means is, and we'll, we'll look up the word in our redneck Greek word study here. Yeah, the word is hooper into gano. Okay, hooper. Mm-hmm. Hyper is, is hyper. In we know is inside. Inside. So, person that's going to rescue us, mm-hmm. the entity that's going to rescue us, mm-hmm. has to be hyper. Yeah. Above. Mm-hmm. And it's inside. I want to know about Gano. And Tagano means. <laughs> you know what the first definition is? To hit the mark. There, I said it. I couldn't hold it in any longer to hit the mark. Because mankind always sinned. They always missed the mark. Well, in Romans 8.26, it says Jesus is there to hit hit the mark mark for us. To do for us what we can't do for ourselves That's why Paul in Romans 7 is saying, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me, rescue me from this body of death. I want Jesus to come and hit the mark for me. So he's the thanks be to God through Jesus Christ for the law of the spirit of the life in Christ hits the mark every time. And it delivers me from the law law of of missing the the mark and and feeling wretched. wretched, Wretched man that I am. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has delivered me from the law of sin and death. It delivered me from the dynamic that makes me miss the mark and feel like a wretch. The law of the life in the spirit hits the mark. You can actually not sin. You can harm our, actually not harm our tea. You can hit the mark in the law of the life of the spirit of Christ. That's why it says all the righteous requirements of the law will be fully met, completely hit the mark, in us who do not walk according to human effort, but according to the Spirit's power. The Spirit's power can hit the mark. It's always saying the same thing. This whole Bible has so much continuity that Romans 8, 4 says, all the requirements of the law will be fully met by us who do not walk according to human effort, but according to the Spirit's power. That's why Galatians would say, are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit? Are you trying to hit the mark through human effort? It's always been telling you, do not use your human effort to try and hit the mark. Let me just read this Strong's definition. Okay. Sin was to miss the mark. Hooper in Tangano, 
we we did that hyper, which means hyper that's a lot. Hyper hit the mark. The law of spirit. Hyper hit that man. <laughs> hyper hit. Hyper hit. Hyper hit. <laughs> So if it's hyper, it's it's higher. Mm-hmm. It's, it's aerodynamics over gravity. Yes. So the law of sin and death, the law of the sin missing the mark every time, this law is higher. So it's hyper, higher, in, meaning it's not the outward letter, it's the inside spirit of Christ. He's in you. The law of the spirit of the life in Christ, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Glory is that word valuable again. Where is the hope of glory? In us. Did you say in us? The hope of glory is in us. Okay. Hooper in Tugano. And Tugano. First definition, one, to hit the mark. A, of one discharging a javelin or arrow. So what do you think that means? Bullseye. (laughs) Yeah, amen, amen. I think it means hit the mark. It means hit the mark. The opposite of harmartia. The opposite of sin. The opposite of missing the mark. Every time yes. it hits the mark. Every does this mean we're aware of it hitting the mark every time? Not really. No, it doesn't have to mean you're aware of it. It, it doesn't. Look what else it means: to reach, attain, obtain, get, become, master. All the things that we tried to do under the law. And we're to, it was Fell total short. futility. We didn't master it; mastered us. That's why, even in Genesis three, all the way at the very beginning of this book called the Bible, it says, "Sin is crouching next to you, and it desires to master you, but you must master it." Did they? They never did. From that point on, in Genesis three, till you get to. Christ on the cross, they were always mastered. Not a single time did they master sin. No, actually, it, it isn't till Romans seven fourteen through the end of the chapter that we ever hear about the fact that sin always had been mastering us, even though the willing to do good is in us, the choosing, we made all the right choices. That's why in Joshua 24, he said, choose which day you'll serve, which God you'll serve. And they said, we will serve the living God. We will, we choose, we make the right choice. And he says, you can't do it. He's too holy. You're from this point on, you're always going to be a witness against yourself that you chose to serve the living God, but never did it. 2000 years of futility. Paul just masterfully does it like a court case. He, he, he goes back to Genesis, you must master it. And he just gives all the evidence that they attempted to master it. They tried to master it. They did everything they could to master it. And then he 
gives the verdict, he gives the conclusion, there's no one that mastered it. No, no not, not one. one. Romans 3.10. There's none the who does good. A, no, not one. It's just a complete court case saying you didn't do it. You, you did do the sin, but you didn't. You never did the good. Never did the good. That's why when the rich guy came to Jesus and said, good teacher, what must I do? He what said, why did you call me good? Only God is good. Yeah, he did. He said, only God is good. He, he was in, in essence saying, why do you call a human good? Only God is good. The case had not been made to the rich young ruler yet. No. That he couldn't do good. No. So but why it, Jesus gave him the answer he did. And, and made it was, the case. It was made to Adam and Eve. That's why they hid from God. They, they knew all of a sudden that what they were doing had no value. That it was just futility. And they tried to hide it. And they tried to hide it. The shame was unbearable. And it's the same today. The shame of me trying to do good and not doing it is horrible. It's horrible. It's depression. I mean, how many thousands of sins, Bill, have you uh, swept under the carpet? (laughs) (laughs) If I had any sins, I'd sweep them under the carpet. I know that. I know I would. No, my carpet's got no more room under it. So. Yeah, ain't that, that's, neither does mine. Neither does mine. So, to hit the mark is Tagano. Tagano. Hit it every time. Yes. And to G- reach, maintain, obtain, get, become, master. To happen, to chance, to fall out, to... Specify to take a case as, for example, to meet one. He who meets one or presents himself unsought any chance of ordinary to chance to be. But to meet someone. Exactly. It's saying that the power of God can cause you to meet the right people. You hit the mark in whatever your goal is by hitting the right people that help you hit the mark. He's all around you, working in other people to cause you to hit the mark and be successful. The law of the spirit of the life of Christ is always interceding. He's making things happen, things that you're completely unaware of. Did you ever think, look at your life and go, how did I get here? How did I meet that person? How did I end up at this church? How did I learn this? It was all him. Go ahead. My whole testimony is that he did it for me because I couldn't do it. To be all honest with everybody out there, all I made it to was the status of really being a loser. I, I could not create riches or, or prosper or anything. I just worked as hard as I could and I scratched and clawed and God just threw things in my lap over and over they came from nowhere and I would just receive these things 
and then I'd go back to scratching and clawing, not do anything, then all of a sudden something that just, there's no doubt it came from God, would happen again. And it's brought me to a place where I think I can actually retire from the plow and do ministry like I want to. I don't want to retire. I want to I want to do Guardians of Grace podcast full time. And I want you, Bill, to be able to do Guardians of Grace full time. We have to somehow produce enough money to do that because I think we can impact the world. I think we can really do some good if we can get the time to do it. And I really think the adversary is working double time against us to keep us from being able to have the time to do a ministry because we'd have four shows a day if we were working full time on this project. We, we would have the coolest stuff for you guys to listen to. This gives me a great hope, you know, because in Hebrews it talks about he ever lives to intercede on our behalf. And I always thought that meant to pray for us. Yeah, I I had, like a lot of people, I think, you, you had this view of the Trinity that God is holy and righteous Father. Jesus is the Son, and He loves you, and you're His friend. The Spirit goes back and forth, kind of convicting you, making you feel bad, encouraging you after He makes you feel bad. Uh, it's like, feel bad. Mm-hmm. Then He comforts you and says, don't feel bad. So, can't be a right view. But we always had this view that Jesus is interceding. So you did something really bad. And Jesus says, let me talk. To, let me intercede with the Father. Plead your case. Plead your case. And he's a, he's, it's he's a leniency. A, mm-hmm. It's okay. The Father's going to dismiss these charges. Because he's our advocate. Yeah. He'll... And I'm not trying to be funny. I, I really no, thought that. That's Jesus. what I thought interceding meant, too. I thought it meant he was my advocate, or Romans 8 was causing me to believe a little bit that I'm stupid and I don't know how to pray. So he he corrects my prayers before they get to God's ears. Yeah, I, I thought that, too. That but right there in Romans, it, it's saying he lives to hit the mark for us. He's the one making it happen. You know, I've told you the story of how I met my wife. God made that happen. Yeah, I I woke up one day and I said, this is the type of wife I want. I'm going to go out and find her. And that's (laughs) not what happened. (laughs) No, it's not. I actually quit a job. I was really good at pool stuff mm-hmm. and uh, there was this new hotel opened in Palm Beach and they said they're hiring a pool guy you can be the first pool guy to work there and you'll get the job because it's between you and someone who has zero experience rescuing people uh, working at the pool Yeah, and she had zero pool experience. I'm sorry mm-hmm. need to be she was a girl, yeah. <laughs> I got beat by a girl. I didn't get the job. She she did. The boss saw something in her. He didn't 
Excuse me. I wonder what that could be. (laughs) So I didn't get the job. And then I got a job at someone says, well, there's a pool job at the breakers. And I was like, oh, okay. I heard of the breakers. So I went there and they said, no, it's this job attending the cabanas. I was like, okay. Never seen a cabana before. But anyway, I got the job. And I met Steve, who kept inviting me to church. And I kept making excuses, but I did. I went to church. I heard the gospel, most of the gospel. (laughs) Was born again. Several years later, they had a singles group. And I said, well, Steve said, hey, sometimes I go to this Maranatha. They have a really cool singles group. So I went there and I met this girl and her name was Margie and she said, I would like to introduce you. I would like to entangano you to a friend of mine. And she introduced me to my wife, who wasn't my wife at the time, obviously. But that's intercession. That's causing meetings to happen. And so she introduced, she made a meeting happen between me and my wife that that would have never happened by my doing. That was just, you could call it chance, but it was intergano. It was intergano. It was hitting the mark. This is the girl you're going to marry, Bill. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make, I'm going to cause the meeting to happen at the right place, at the right time, and it's going to fall. When you see that that's the minister, that's what the intercessory of Christ in us mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. you can really have a lot of peace, can't you? Oh, knowing that he's in charge of everything and taking care of everything, especially when he comes through like he did with you and Ramona. He, he entered God for you, causing you to hit the mark in everything you were doing in her eyes. Her eyes saw you as hitting the mark, not sinning, not missing the mark, but hitting the mark. And and she liked you. I remember it because I, I remember the day that you said, oh, the keys are out in the car and it was raining. And you said, I'll go get them. And you got totally soaked. But on your way out there, I heard Ramona say, this is a guy I could marry. You were hitting the mark right there. He was doing it for Mm -hmm. me. He made it happen. And there's lots of other things. Mm -hmm. Really every aspect of my life. Now, I could look at it and go, well, why didn't he give me the good job I wanted at the... But this is better. Yes. At the time, it didn't see. Mm -hmm. But... If you have that attitude that he ever leads, lives to intercede or in, in Tengano, mm-hmm. that gives you peace. That gives you peace. He's making things happen. He's putting you where you are and where you're going to be. He's just always doing that. Well, let me ask you to do this. Can you rate your human effort performance over the last 35 years? Uh, 
It would be like that scene in Animal House where the dean was giving them all their grade point average. <laughs> Mr. Waddell, zero point zero. Yeah, yeah. But, but now, what about in the last 35 years? Have you seen Jesus enter Gano for you? In the, all the years since he's been in Tangano, interceding in me, 100% success. It really is. It really is. He's never missed the mark. No. He, he calls you to make mark. deadlines at the last second. Oh, yeah. Oh, so many amazing things that he just... He always... He has done it 100% of the time because here you are. He has kept you afloat until this day. And he's not going to let you sink tomorrow or next week. No, I felt close. But he always lives to intercede. Didn't he? Yeah. That's a fact, Jack. That's the difference between the two covenants in Hebrews. Remember, it says the the weakness of the Levitical priesthood was the humans prevented them from keeping staying in office. But just we brought it up early that word ruhomai. All through Leviticus, when you talk about the Levitical priesthood and all the things you had to do to please God, there were zero ruhomais mentioned. Unbelievable. No rescues. That really is a nugget that you found there, Bill. I, I you, you blew my mind this morning when you showed me that. Just blew my mind. Interganus all through Genesis and Exodus until they got the law, and then you, you can't look up any more of them. They were, the, the Levitical priests were they were in Tangano because they weren't inside of us, but they were Tanganos. They were to try and hit the mark. Yeah, but they couldn't. Mm-mm. But Jesus is our new high priest, and it says he has a indestructible life. And it says we can take, we can be greatly encouraged. It says we goes on to say we have this hope. As an anchor for our souls, sure and steadfast that enters beyond the veil, which is where where the presence of God is. That's where Jesus takes us inside to the presence of God continually. We can't get there on our own. Only through him. Through him we can come boldly to the throne of mercy. But the Romans 7 is just a guy saying, just just try, just strive, just keep this and and you can get the presence of God. Philippians 3 is just Mm. an amazing Mm. thing of, talk about a guy that did pretty good. Mm -hmm. If if you compare yourself with other people, which you can do that. Mm -hmm. Not with Paul you can. No. Faultless. As far as legalistic righteousness, I was found faultless in Philippians 3. But what did he call that compared to the surpassing value of experiencing his... 
he called it the polite way to say it is that he called it dung. Dung. You could think of stronger words to say, but he called it dung in comparison with the value of experiencing Jesus. There's nothing on the planet more valuable than having Jesus enter Ganu for you, hit the mark for you, because then you feel Jesus, you feel heaven on earth. So the intergano is what the law of the spirit of the life in Christ that sets you free from the law of trying and failing, also called the law of the sin and the death. The harmartia and the death, yeah. It's, it goes on to say, for what the law could not do, Weak as it was because of the flesh. Weak as it was because of the human nature. That's Romans 8, 3 that we're talking about there. Then it says all the requirements of the law will be fully met. If you do not walk according to your human nature, but walk according to the Spirit's power. All the righteous requirements of the law will be bullseyes? Bullseyes. With that in mind, do you want to close this? Yes, sure. Okay. Father God, thank you for sending your son to rescue us. Thanks be to you, God, that you did rescue us. Thank you for the principle, the law of the spirit of the life in Christ, which sets us free from the law of sin and death, from trying and missing the mark into the way of the spirit which hits the mark every time, causes all the meetings that need to take place to take place, brings us to all the right places at all the right times so that we receive every good thing we have in Christ by your Spirit. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, Father, thank you for the podcast. We love you guys. Love you guys. Good night. Good night.